2: As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout! McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins!
1: Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. ESPN Radio 97.7 100.1 ESPN Radio U.co. Now heard on 96.5 FM. What's happening in Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. If you're listening on the ESPN app, love seeing and hearing from people from all over the place cuz they want to get tapped in, they want to get the local vibe. They want to Feel like they're in Central New York as we get ready for the NCAA tournament this week. Both men's and women's basketball, as we will uh, tell you about here momentarily. A guest we're going to chat with uh, right here in this hour. But uh, we're glad you're listening wherever you're listening today. A beautiful, sunshiny spring day. Happy spring, everybody. I don't think it's technically spring till like 6 o'clock tonight, but whatevs. Sunshine and baby. And we're loving it. First day of spring in Central New York. Going to snow Friday night, by the way. Just saying. 437 7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. 644. All great ways to join the show. This is our last show of the week because tomorrow and Friday, we will have full coverage of the NCAA tournament right here. Thanks to our friends at Westwood One. All the basketball you can handle. Right here. We got you covered, man, all weekend long here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. So this is our last chance to tell you about the big upset picks. Breakdown Syracuse and Baylor and all the March Madness knowledge you need to know before it all gets underway. Tomorrow, don't forget Seth Goldberg doing a special broadcast from the Press Room Pub tomorrow from 11 to 12 to set you up for the big day. And then Seth's going to be hanging at the Press Room Pub throughout the day. I think I'm going to stop by, watch a couple games, hang have some beverages, have that great pot roast burger. So whenever you feel like watching some March Madness, <coughs> boss, I'm feeling good. You just want to go watch basketball and have a long lunch. I know you're healthy. See you later. Right? The Press Room Pub is the place. You're going to do it, baby. So this is our last show of the weekend. we jam-packed it for you today. Coming up here in this hour, looking forward to chatting with this young lady, Isis Young from the Syracuse women's basketball team. Hey, yeah, they're playing too, kids. Saturday, home game, just the second time that Syracuse has hosted the NCAA tournament and hosted a home game. Top seeds in the women's side get home games. Syracuse has one. Saturday, you should go. Watch this game. Syracuse, Fordham, the three seed against the 14. Not only is ISIS going to break down this game for us, folks, uh, get to know that name very well. I had the great uh, fortune to have ISIS in my class at Syracuse. This semester, I'm sure you may have seen her. She's done some TV work on the ACC network. She was on with our friend Nico Tamarian in Channel 3 a couple of times. You're going to see her on television sooner rather than later. Calling games, telling you about games, breaking down games, or whatever she chooses to do. It may not even be sports. One way or the other, you're going to see Isis Young on our side of the world, very soon. So we're going to put her in a dual role today. She's on the team, but we want her to break down the team. We want her to break down the matchup. What hat will she put on, player or broadcaster? We'll have some fun with that. Right here in this hour, Isis Young will join us from the Syracuse women's basketball team. In the next hour, Kevin Longquist from Sikkim Sports. We We were debating this before. Well, not debating. I was wondering about this. I'm like, what is... I know what Sikkim sounds like, but I wanted to be sure what it was. So, Sikkim is kind of like Baylor's kind of war cry. It's, you know, everybody's got expressions in sports. Ours is pretty simple in Syracuse. It's Let's Go Orange, right? Auburn's got War Eagle. Like, different schools have different, you know, sports cries, if you will. I want to say war cries. It's a little harsh. Sports cries. There's a Sikkim. So Kevin Longquist, the rival site for Baylor, Sikkim Sports, is going to join us. I'm curious a few things about Baylor. How healthy is Makai Mason? And if he is, how much of a difference maker is he? Because we've seen that. The last four games he was playing hurt. He's one of three guys on Baylor that shoots more than 35% from three-point range. How tied to the health of Mason is Baylor and their success? I want to ask about why they're such a great rebounding team when their tallest contributor is six foot eight. I want to know about this Baylor team because I've only heard, read, and seen things. I want to hear it from somebody who has watched this team day in and day out. So we will get that a little later in the show. Wednesdays with Charlie, Charlie Desterco, Daily Orange, and on the block intern back from his spring break adventures. We'll do Wednesdays with Charlie, and I believe. I believe we have not broken this out for a while, but we've got good reason to real or fake true TV shows because Syracuse Baylor is on true TV tomorrow. And it's the only time of year I ever watch true TV, right? So I purposely Seth gave me a heads up on this. So I would purposely not look up what television shows are on true TV. I wouldn't even know. Anyway, the only thing, I only remember about True TV. Didn't they used to have a show called Lizard Towing or something like that? So we'll play real or fake True TV shows. Hot takes on the way and so much more. But, yeah, Syracuse, are certainly on our minds as we're getting closer to that one. Today is the open practice, so it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon out in Salt Lake. It's coming. A, a, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but the open practice is a little later this afternoon. I don't know how telling that will be in terms of Tyus Battle and his health, because they'll take it easy in this open practice because, you know, it is open, and anybody can see it. I don't think you're going to see Tyus, you know, going out there and you know putting out some kind of strenuous workout. But there are certain things you can see about flexibility, how he's moving, when he's taking shots, where are they from, because here's the thing I'm really looking for tomorrow from Tyus' battle. And the question being, is he 100%? Tyus loves that step back jumper. Loves to take the ball inside or catch it off a pass, come off a screen, and hit that step back jumper kind of between the foul line and the three point line. Somewhere around that top of the key, not always directly top of the key, but somewhere in that area, right? And when he shoots that step back jumper, it's violent. There's a spring in that foul through. There's just, it's, it's very active, for lack of a better term. You, it's strenuous. You can really see him. just... Think of like an exercise you've got to use your whole body to do, right? I have a rowing machine in my basement that basically is something I put my laundry on these days. should probably use that thing more. But like when I use that rowing machine, it's like an extension of your whole body, right? When Tyus shoots that step back, it's like every muscle in his body is doing it. If you have... Back issues, bruised hip, that lower back area. Speaking as an old man, no, it's some back issues, right? But if you can't spring through, follow through, and, and hit that shot confidently, will he favor trying to get closer to the basket? Will he favor driving inside? Will he be, and this is a big question generally, how aggressive? Does Tyus Battle feel he needs to be? A lot of this is predicated on how the game goes. Because we have seen time after time throughout the year that Syracuse will go into halftime. They become more of a a team that falters in the second half than one in the first half. But in those games this year when Syracuse kind of didn't have it in that first half, it was quite often because Tyus Battle didn't have it in that first half. And then the second half springs. And you just see him, possession after possession, wanting to take over which you want your best player to do, which would lead to some trolls calling him selfish. It's No, it's not selfish. It's your best player trying to spark your team. But it does create a sense of, well, if Tyus is taking the ball and all of a sudden he throws it out to Frank Howard, or throws it out to O'Shea, or in a certain possession, gives up the ball, they're almost surprised to get it. So Tyus goes down against Clemson. Syracuse goes to the ACC tournament. We openly wondered about it on this show. I said, what are they going to get out of this trip to Charlotte? They kind of are what they are, but it didn't hurt to have two more games knowing they had a tournament bid in their back pocket, right? So go down to Charlotte, don't get anybody else hurt, and see how your game can improve. And I think they did get a lot of the, out of that trip to Charlotte, particularly Frank Howard. Gained a lot of confidence, feels like he's got his legs back. I think Marek doljai had a couple of great games down there. Pascal Chuku had a great game against Pittsburgh, did not have the opportunity to... Have a game of any sort against Duke because he got into early foul trouble. A couple of those calls were were questionable at best, frankly. So it was worth that trip. So now that Syracuse learned, even in two games, hey, wait a minute, we can do this. We can move the ball. We can compete with Duke. In that setting, we can run an offense here without our best player. They're not a better team without him, but they at least can run an offense. They could score. They looked like a a team that was, the word was efficient. They shot 43 and 45%. Played pretty good on the offensive end. Now you integrate Tyus back in. And how do you balance that? Because the last thing you want to tell your best player in the tournament, right? When everybody's got it dialed up to 11, is, you know, just kind of dial it down. Tyus, just you just chill a little bit. No, you don't do that. But you want the version of Syracuse in Charlotte to show up in Salt Lake. The team that was moving the ball, the team that played with a little sense of urgency, reacting to not having their best player, reacting to not having a guard in the backcourt, you want that team in Salt Lake. So that's the big question there. So for everybody that's been asking about Tyus, today will give us a little bit of a sense of it. It is an open practice, so I'm sure they are that is a, an area where you say, you know, don't go out there and strain yourself. Just kind of get your feeling of the place. it's It could be kind of a show, not certainly ties. You want them to be careful, but guys can do, like, dunk contests. And it's just – it's all part of their routine. We've seen this enough that if you've been to those open practices the day before a game, they're just, you know – it's almost – I'm trying to think of a way to – I don't have a good analogy for it. It's just kind of a, a cool way to go get – close access to the team the day before, you know, things get serious and things are moving and there's games beforehand and, you know, you're going boom, boom, boom. It's relaxed It's probably the best way I can put it, a relaxed way to kind of see that team. One more chance to talk to the media and then there you go, giddy-up time. It's a long day to wait until 10 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock their time, and who knows if you even get – now, I would imagine, considering Gonzaga's playing fairly Dickinson the game before this, and I know what happened last year, but I mean, how many times are we really good? Here's what I forgot about UMBC in Virginia UMBC beat them by 20. That was not a right down of the wire March Madness kind of game. That They beat them by 20, making that so much more of an amazing accomplishment and something that will be hard to match not only a 16 to beat a 1, and I know Virginia had some players out and some details that start coming back in your mind when you think back to it, but what actually made me think of it was our friend Mike Francesa was saying on his show yesterday that a 16 had never beaten a 1. Now, to be fair, Mike was retired at the time that happened. So the sports world did pause itself for the, what, four months that Mike Francesa was not on the airwaves, so therefore it didn't exist. It's just in a vacuum somewhere. But they retweeted that video last night, and I watched it. I said, darn, man, UMBC, they beat them by 20. That wasn't, you know, a nail-biter down to the end. So barring that game being another one like we saw last year, I think Syracuse will start on time, if you will, which their slated time is 9.57 p.m. Gonzaga, Fairleigh Dickinson is, what, 7.27, right? So I really hope, for Grandpa's sake, that game starts on time. We're already pulling an all-nighter, as it is, but we shall see. So much more on Syracuse and Baylor as we go through. and mentioned we'll hear from Kevin Longquist from the Baylor rival site. Sikkim Sports. Later in the show, Isis Young coming up in just a few minutes. She's going to talk some Syracuse women's basketball with us. we got a lot to do right now. We are going to talk to our friend Lee Baldwin as he gets ready to cheer on his Colgate Raiders. Taking on Tennessee tomorrow. So, Lee, what's your official prediction for that game, by
0: the way? It's like Christmas Eve today, isn't it?
1: Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> big time.
0: Uh, you know, I think uh, my prediction it's a tough matchup for to the 15 seed, but 17 points is a lot, right?
1: For entertainment purposes only, it's a lot. Absolutely,
0: yeah. So I think they can hold their own, hit a couple threes, have some fun.
1: I like them to cover that number. You know, if if gambling were legal, then you know that'd be that'd be something I would think about certainly.
0: If we were in Vegas right now, exactly. Right? Yes, right.
1: yes, of course. If this was pro- proper in Las Vegas uh, discussions. Any big upsets or Final Four picks you want to throw at us, Lee? This is our last day on the air this week. I we know, got, and yeah. I
0: mentioned the other day Buffalo. I'm still, yep. I, I, I like think they pick. have a good squad. So
1: I've got a six in the Final Four, but it's not Buffalo. It's Iowa State. Ooh, Yeah, I'm taking a plunge on that one. I'm going to take a shot that they knock off Carolina and get, and they'd have to beat Kentucky along the way likely as well. But I'm going to take a shot that weird things happen in that bracket and Iowa State gets through.
0: Everybody around here seems to like Yale, too, as a surprise.
1: Yale's a big upset pick. UC Irvine as a 13 is a big upset pick. i most got them, yeah. Yep, the most popular 12 I've seen is Murray State, because they've got John Morant. Uh, but I've also seen a lot of Oregon beating Wisconsin, so that means none of these things are going to happen because we've talked <laughs> about them so much.
0: Exactly, what? as we know what the odds are to have a perfect bracket. So.
1: One in quintillion, I believe it is.
0: Right, nine quintillion. So you're,
1: you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> I got that. I got it this year, baby. What, we, what happened on <laughs> well, the market boy, to today, have my some friend? Some stocks
0: for you. Yeah. Uh, our diamond today. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Google. Was up 25 bucks, even after they were fined uh, over. 1.5 billion by the uh, European Union. So interesting. That's like a parking ticket for them. 1.5 billion. And uh, my dog. I'm going with Scott's Miracle Grow, which was down almost six percent. Uh, they they sold their ownership in True Green, so uh, they've been a big beneficiary of this whole cannabis thing.
1: 1.5 billion dollar fine.
0: Right. It's the third fine they've gotten from the. European union wow. like the smallest one and it's like, well, stocks up.
1: And like you said, that was like when I went to the vending machine before the show and got <laughs> my Diet Coke and reached in my pocket for, you know, a buck fifty. One point five billion. Hey, here you go. Whatever. Yep. Would you like that <laughs> in fine. cash? Here you go. Got it in my back pocket. Unbelievable. Well, well Lee, enjoy the games, You Brad, too. Fun. Enjoy the tournament. Uh my brackets not rooting for Colgate, but I'll be rooting for Colgate. How about oh, that?
0: Well, thanks, buddy. Same here.
1: Okay, be good, my friend. That is Lee Baldwin. You can find them at leadlawin.com or stop in in Manlius, stop in in Utica, stop in in Cats and get all the stock advice so you have more diamonds than dogs on your portfolio, all right? Let us get a quick break in here looking forward to our next guest, Isis Young from your Syracuse Women's Basketball team and a future star broadcaster. Stay right there, you're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is on the block with Brent Ax. Welcome back. Suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tintin or Anne Boleyn, make a desperate move or else you win and then begin to see what you do to me, this MTV is not for free. So PC, it's killing me. And I'll stop now. If I don't stop myself, I'll keep going. I can do that whole thing. I don't have many talents in life, but I can do that. One of my favorite songs of all time do some hot takes, shall we? Before that, though, let's go back to the phones. 437 My man, Scooter in Jamesville, ready to deliver one last report on the Zags and all things NCAA tournament. Tips on how to stay up until 40 in the morning. Scooter, how you doing, bud?
2: Hey, guys. I assume you're not going to be at the press room at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, I assume, right? It'll probably be, uh, no,
1: would be a stretch, maybe. I will be hunkered down in the <laughs> in the axe bunker, ready to deliver sports information, my friend. Although that'd be well, a for, great spot to watch it, that's for sure. Well, first, I'm a little disappointed in the
2: state of New York, Axe Man. It's kind of hurting your daughter's college yeah, uh, exactly. uh, education. You know, I was trying to give you a pizza so you can you know, put money away for your daughter Iowa already. State. I think we probably would have won probably enough to cover her uh, books and I'm stuff right you, now. i <laughs>
1: Iowa State Final Four would have covered the first semester. Exactly. Come on. Uh, Let's a, get a, that couple, a couple stats,
2: and hopefully, you know, if Syracuse does beat Gonzaga in, in Syracuse's favor, uh, teams that uh, Gonzaga has lost to since 1999, 13 of them have gone to the final eight, 10 of them have gone to the final four, and I, I believe they've lost to the five eventual national champions since 1999. So if uh, Syracuse does beat Gonzaga, it's going to bold, bold favor in Syracuse's and. Florida State, by the way, is the only team that they've lost in the last five years that has not gone to the Final Four. Interesting. So, uh, so so, they've seen a stat in that delay. Now, the other stat against Syracuse is uh, Gonzaga is the only team that's made the Sweet 16 the last four years. So there's going to be a string on the on the line when those two teams uh, meet each other. Of course, it's... Circus gets by Baylor, but I I just I just have confidence. so uh, Scoot, give that me Syracuse a sense can...
1: Give me a sense of and I I've kind of seen it here and there, but given that, you know, Salt Lake to uh Gonzaga's not in Seattle, right? But they're they're close no. to yeah, where, where no, Spokane, right in the, actually the they're hills. Zay. It
2: actually takes almost like a private, one of those little planes to get into the, the Spokane. You can't even can fly in gotcha. commercially, okay. I don't think they're... But that's uh, not this, a far trip to Salt Lake. If it's good for them, they're going to be an 8-9 because they're about... Gonzaga's 800 miles away from home. Well, see,
1: that's why I wanted to ask, because what kind of fan support do you think they're going to have? there? I mean, it's not a, it's not like a, a Syracuse to Salt Lake trip, but that's, you know, if you're a fan, you've you, you, know, you got to think about that. It's a little bit of a hike, right? Well, it depends. It depends if they think they're going to go to the Sweet
2: 16. Because uh, a couple years ago, when Gonzaga was the one seed, I forgot where they played. I, I swear it was Salt Lake City, but I guess I heard. I heard they played 1,500 miles away from home a couple years ago. That's when they lost to Wichita State, and mo- most of the fans thought they're you know, being a one seed that they're going to go to the Sweet 16, were saving their money for the next round, and if you if you if you, were, if you saw the game. It wasn't that much of a home court advantage. And in fact, the ironic part was because Wichita State was another Cinderella team, they lost that little luster right there. If they're playing maybe a Pittsburgh, which that's who they lost, uh, the, the Wichita State beat, they might have made more of a fan interest. But I tell you something, a lot of people were rooting for Wichita State that game. And so I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because, uh, it, it, like I said, they're, they're actually a one seed, but yet, because that was only 3,000, they only has enrollment 3,000 people. Wow. I didn't so, realize so, it was that small. So it's not exactly like uh you know, like you know, they like could have a ton of people. Now the ironic part was where, where I go places, I'm I I'm am su- i am surprised how many Gonzaga fans are actually on uh, outside of uh Spokane. Well, I mean, that's, they used that, to be. Between, between them and Boise State my yeah, gone place. So they used to
1: be like kind of the, the little engine that could team, right? And then they just got, yeah. you know, every year they kept going and going and going. And people kind of started following them and Adam Morrison and those teams. And call, as always, my friend, Scoot, uh, great to talk to you. We're off the rest of the week. Keep that in mind. But I'm sure people will see at the Press Room Pub on Thursday. Yeah, they, they kind of became the little engine that could to a perennial top seed, a team that, you know, Duke on that side of the bracket in the Final Four will be tough for them, but with a week to get ready in a Final Four matchup, I'm thinking about having the Zags get in that title game. I mean, with that fancy open, let's do some hot takes. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you, so are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and burn. (laughs) Man, it's hot. How hot? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Did you know that the Major League Baseball season's underway already? Oh, yeah. Seattle took on Oakland Major League Baseball season opener in Japan, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, the team traded punches before the Mariners would win 9-7. to Ichiro, back home in Japan in this game, received a standing ovation. I uh, walked once popped up before being pulled in the bottom of the fourth inning. Chris Davis, who had 48 homers last year, had a homer. Yeah, baseball already. There's there's something appropriate about that first day of spring. There was a baseball game that counted in Japan at 5:30 in the morning. When I and I saw that tweet this morning, that uh, one ESPN, I think it was Get Up or one of those shows, like we'll be on after Major League Baseball coverage. I'm like, oh, that that's kind of weird. They're doing a spring training game at six o'clock in the morning, but no, that one counted. Also from the world of baseball, this is pretty interesting. So, have you heard of Eloy Jimenez? Still hasn't played in the majors. White Sox prospect. We'll have to talk to our good friend Jason Benetti about this. He's a top prospect. Has reportedly agreed to a six-year, $43 million deal that will include a a pair uh, of club options can max out around $77 million. That is per Syracuse grad Jeff Passon, of ESPN. Once the deal is finalized, Jimenez will become the third player ever to sign a long-term contract before making his Major League debut. He's ranked as the third-best prospect, future star, all the rankings. Oh, that's per MLB.com. They optioned him to minor league camp earlier this spring after he went 154-154-346 on the slash line in 26 appearances in the Cactus League in spring training. In the minors last year, 337, 22 homers, 75 RBIs in 108 games between Birmingham and Triple A Charlotte. Want we'll to talk about the big money flying around baseball? Bryce Harper, we know. Mike Trout said uh here I'd like to double that with four hundred and thirty million dollars pretty much, twelve-year deal. And now you've got a guy, just we mentioned it, the third ever to sign a long-term deal before his major league debut. The White Sox were thought to be players for Manny Machado and a couple other big free name free agents. I don't think they really thought they'd get Bryce Harper. So if you miss out, it puts a little more pressure on these big name prospects to come in. Is that a worthy investment for a guy who has not even made it to the majors yet? Just the third player to get that contract. If you're the White Sox, you kind of have to do that, right? And. That's hot. Baseball's dying, right? Alex Bregman got a six-year, $110 million extension today. All-star third baseman. Yep, no one's watching baseball anymore. Sports dying. I think you could really be a sport that's dying if you have that kind of money to throw around. Even in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's a big market, but it's one of the worst teams in the game. One of the least, least interesting teams the past couple of years, right? Yep, no one's watching baseball anymore. Just a dying sport that just your grandpa watches. I could really do more than a few minutes on this. So there were officially 55 complaints filed with the FCC. Remember Adam Levine of Maroon 5 took his shirt off at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. So there were 94 pages of complaints filed with the FCC. 94 pages. That's incredible. Here's what just a sample of these look like. Now, I don't know if these are real. I don't know if these were inspired by people making jokes about this after the halftime show, because the most famous nipple incident, of course, was Janet Jackson. Now, when Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake had their little thing, it happened like a second. But you got to remember, this is 2004, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, it was uh, the Carolina Panthers-New England Patriots Super Bowl, I remember that. This was when TiVo and DVRs were really starting to get popular. So people thought they saw it, and they rewinded it, and they tivo it, and they kept coming back to it, and oh yeah, we saw it. That led to a $500,000 complaint. That's the first time or fine. I fine for cbs that's the first time i ever remember having a dvr in my house yes it's the first thing i ever remember using it. that for. was the big bang moment i for didn't the use the DVR. It, it, yeah yeah it for was the TV. like that huge people are like, did i just see that and they could that's rewind exactly it what yes, yes i just saw that <laughs> on the super bowl so adam levine does the same thing and well i'll let you decide if these are real complaints or sarcastic complaints from nashville tennessee where's the decency Are nipples all over my television screen okay now? I remember when it was an issue during another Super Bowl event. From Garden City, Michigan. I was appalled by CBS allowing the airing of nipples during its television broadcast. From San Francisco, California. Why must America be subjected to the disgusting display of nipples exhibited during the Super Bowl? It was disgusting and offensive to see them flaunted so brazenly. From Boise, Idaho. I want them banned. Just like Janet from Lakewood, New York. Can't say I know where Lakewood, New York is. Adam Levine showed both nipples by taking his shirt off completely. The NFL, CBS, and Maroon 5 should be met with twice the consequences as those faced of the 2004 wardrobe malfunction. These people must not watch a lot of beach volleyball. Just saying. Raleigh, North Carolina. During the halftime show, Adam Levine removed his shirt and revealed two nipples. When Janet Jackson revealed only one. CBS was fined $500,000. I imagine you will treat Adam Levine in the same manner and not support double standards. You like this voice that I'm reading all these complaints in? This is how I imagine these people talk. Sitting at their computers, how dare you, from Alexandria, Virginia. I was offended when the musician Adam Levine removed his shirt. During this year's Super Bowl halftime performance, young children and those with common decency should not have to be exposed to that man's nipples. That type of content should be limited to the safe harbor hours. From Atlanta Highlands, New Jersey, nudity in the Super Bowl halftime show. That's all it said. From Shawnee, Oklahoma, during the Super Bowl halftime show, there was a half-naked man on television. I could do this all day. I I just I could do this all day, but I have to stop there. Four three seven seventy six forty four. Brent X Media on Twitter. The text line two eight eight zero six four four. We've got a lot happening in the next hour, including a visit with Ken Longquist. He covers Baylor. We'll learn much more about those Bears coming up. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio.
0: Thank you. Bye bye.